The Athletic. I'm David Bruni. I'm joined by Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. And this is an emergency Why Always Us, your athletic Manchester City podcast, and all off the back of one of the most exhausting weeks to be a City fan, but more on that shortly. Uh, you can subscribe to The Athletic right now for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off a full price. You'll get access to the great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all the podcasts. Go to theathletic.com forward slash mancitypod to get this 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod. Um, so Sam, the, the timeline of events, as far as I'm aware, do do hop in and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, by the way. Um, yeah. But it was uh, Sunday evening, uh, there's rumours of a breakaway European Super League. City at first were not thought to be part of it, and then they were thought to be part of it, and then uh, we were expecting a statement from the clubs at about 9.30 in the evening, nothing happened. We're all about to go to bed and think everything's okay and it's passed this time, and then all of a sudden the statement drops. Uh, on Monday, there was widespread anger across fan bases of, uh, well, all, all the clubs, not just the ones that were involved, but the uh, but all those that were were, were in the uh, in the six as well, looking to leave. Um, Twenty four hours on, there was no comment from any of the clubs involved. From City, the only word was that statement on the club website that had Joel Glazer's. Um, stuff in that a lot of fans were unhappy about for obvious reasons. Uh, then about 1.30 on Tuesday, uh, Guardiola basically comes in and eviscerates the plan in his, in his press conference with the whole uh, it's not a sport thing. Uh, later in the evening, Chelsea fans were protesting the bus arrival at Stamford Bridge. City and Chelsea then pulled out of the ESL and it pretty much caused it to, to collapse. Is that is that right? Uh, yeah, um, it's certainly viable and plausible that um, City and Chelsea pulling out caused the rest to to fall. I mean, it probably did, didn't it? Like with the other English clubs, they probably thought if we don't do this now, the backlash from the fans is going to be worse than any kind of financial penalties or, or whatever, and we'll just draw up something else in the future. Um, just to try and put a bit of flesh on the, on the bones of that timeline. There, I, you know, I'd been in contact with somebody who knew somebody who was working on these Super League plans. I can't remember for how long, um, but I think it would have been around the time of Project Big Picture and stuff last year. Yeah. Um, and he messaged me April the second. It was, but it was like it was like the same day that UEFA's Champions League reforms were about to um, about to be pushed through. So I was like, "Is this?" And he, and he was saying that you know the Super League's still going on. It's still going to be a thing. I was like, "Really?" So I kind of put it in the in the work chat, and it was just kind of thought, "Well, I'm not sure about this. The, the UEFA thing's happening." And obviously everything was working behind the scenes, wasn't it, in terms of the Super League, in terms of Agnelli and Woodward and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, and I was I was told, you know, it might drop on April the 14th, but people weren't sure about exactly when to do it. Um, and, you know, the timing of it and, and, and things like that. But obviously when the UEFA things were actually going to be pushed through on Monday, they obviously decided on Sunday that it was going to happen. Like you say, the story came out in the afternoon and the backlash was immediate straight away. Like, obviously all the Gary Neville stuff, uh, Boris Johnson spoke out about it before the statement was made. And yeah, it was supposed to be something at half nine. But as far as I could tell, everyone was in chaos, really, in the offices in London because of all this backlash. And the people involved, whether you know that was the chairman of the clubs, um, the, the comms people behind it, the PR people, um, were kind of involved in saying, are we going to do this today? Are we going like, <laughs> are we going to do it at all? Like everyone yeah. hates it. What's going on? And like, that was because apparently, well, what I was told, the English clubs were far more cautious because of the 
because of the outrage straight away. I think some of the European clubs, and I, I couldn't say if it was all of them, but I think some of the European clubs were like, it's quite, it's all right, we'll just crack on. And yeah, we'll, we'll write this out and, and have the English clubs. Yeah, and apparently, apparently, yeah, exactly. Apparently, Barca fans, apparently, this isn't a scientific gauge, but someone I was speaking to yesterday was saying Barca fans generally seem to be more supportive of it. AC Milan fans this morning are a fantastic statement, by the way. I won't go into details, but by the time this is out, you might have seen it already, or you can go and check it out. It's on the Football Italia website in full. Um, it's fantastic. They've, they've not really railed against the Super League, but just the greed in general. And you know, what's, like, what's any different now? It's really good. Um, so, yeah, the statements did come out late on the Sunday. And then, as you say, just chaos from then on. Like, immediately, fans turned on their clubs. And, like, you know, whether that's United, whose fans have dislike the Razors for 15 years, whether it's Liverpool, whose fans are kind of starting to turn against FSG a bit. Um, or obviously City, who have kind of... I mean, City, City fans... Everything yeah, City, City fans don't, for so don't long. tend to criticise the club for, for much. And that's... So that the fact that it was almost universal across City fans. I mean, take, like, the, the fact that the 1894 group came out and said that they would not work with the club until this was reversed. What a fantastic that, statement. That, that was what a fantastic huge. statement that was. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just... The wording of it, and, and even like in terms of the 1894 group, I know that their attempts at you know protest in the past have kind of caused problems within the fan group, you know, within the the, the fan base. Sorry, you know, you've had City fans saying, "What the hell is this?" and you've had and you've had City fans saying, "This is fantastic," even though basically all those City fans have been on the same page. Yeah, whatever the statements have been, have kind of they've been divisive really in, in that sense just of in terms of what's going on um but i think everyone was fully behind that it was just it was perfect that statement and i, uh, I mean really i read that top line i read that top line of you know we're not going to work with the club until this is reversed and i just thought you know what well on well in great on you lads because yeah. that that and then everything else the was perfect, yeah. wasn't it yeah everything else just like i said set the mood but it, it captured the mood really like because the mood had been set early hadn't it like there were city fans saying yeah, obviously, that, as, as we all know, this is a disgrace. You know, shame on the club. This is a betrayal. Because, like I said, in terms of the club previously being on, sorry, the, the fans previously being on board with the club in the past, that's in terms of you know all the FFP stuff. The general thinking was, well, you know, these clubs, they're they're the cartel. They've set up FFP to hobble us and stop us from doing what we want. It's not fair, it's not competitive, and it stops other clubs from doing it. And obviously the fact that City had then said, right, we're going to join these clubs, obviously that rubbed up fans the wrong way immediately. And yeah, the backlash was immediate, uh, as it was with fans of other clubs. Um, and I mean, to, to see fans going up, and not just like speaking out on Twitter, but to go up to the stadium and hang banners saying stuff like, shame on you and RIP Man City, or you know, 1894 to 2021. like Just incredible outpouring of... I would say emotion, but just anger generally. It's just anger. I'm sure yeah, there's there's no there was obviously emotion. a lot of disappointment, but there, there was it was mainly anger. And yeah, um, after not even 48 hours of that, it all it all came crashing down. But I think City thought they would ride it out initially at first. Like you know, obviously the English clubs were more cautious, as far as I can tell, in terms of putting out the statement. But once it was out, obviously like, there was just nobody took ownership of it. And I yeah. think the people behind the PR side of it. We're trying to get people to go on record and come out and say, why is this a good thing? And nobody wanted to do it. Like, which, like, even though this is, this has come to a, a halt now and all the English clubs are out, there's still so many questions to be answered because no club wanted to own it. And like, from City's point of view, I can, I, and I'm not sitting here defending City because 
they like the whole and this goes back to the whole idea of them signing up late and the stories about them being like backed into a corner or you know given an ultimatum or however you want to phrase it that is the case but at the end of the day they did join in yeah I've so got, like I, they, I have, they deserve the criticism that comes their way the, the best way i can describe it from my point of view as a fan is that uh yeah sure okay they felt they felt like they were strong-armed into doing it and they they felt like they had to do it because they they were going to be left behind okay fine you've made a bad decision in that that instance but now it's almost like uh being on trial and entering a guilty plea do you know what I mean? You still you still get punished, but you are at least yeah. rewarded for having said, "Look, okay, we made a mistake here." But I, I, I do yeah. think I, I do think they're. I mean, the statement on the website that said they were pulling out was what twenty three, twenty five words long. Uh, yeah, I did it's notice poor. it's poor, really. Uh, I, I did notice there was a, a, an omission of one one word that would have gone a long way to helping City fans through this, and that was along the lines of apologise or sorry. You, you know, something to, to yeah. at least express some sort of contrition. We might get that later today, I don't know. Um, yeah, but maybe. I, um, but I suppose that's kind of ne- next steps of it. But, I mean, in terms of going back to the silence and like the other clubs and the other owners not putting their names to it, like I can, like I say, although I'm not defending City, I can understand why, you know, Soriano or, or Caldun Almabarak didn't, come forward on Monday and say, this is why we're doing it. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't it wasn't the plans that they drew up. So I can kind of understand, kind of understand why they didn't say that. But even when Guardiola was talking, um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to this, but when Guardiola was saying, we want people to come out and explain this, my question would have been, and I wasn't allowed to ask because they cut it short, my question would have been, like, do people at City, like, do they know? Do people are people at City able to come out? Could they be the ones to come out and say this is what's going on? And if not, why are they signed up to it kind of thing? But yeah. we didn't get the answer on that. And yeah, there has been a lot of silence from the club, and that's you know that's obviously angered people as well. You know, when the statement was out, people were like saying tweet it, like what are you doing? And then I think they'd scheduled a tweet to show the highlights from the Dortmund game at midnight going into the Monday morning. And obviously they deleted it straight away, but people who replied saying, what are you doing? Like, tweet it. And when, I think Carl Walker congratulated the the under-23s for winning the, the Premier League 2 on Monday. And people were replying to him saying, speak out. Like, this, this, is, this is exactly the kind of feeling that was fostered by City and obviously the other clubs not speaking out. And yeah, like you say, to skip forward to the end, that's the statement. Yeah, 25 words saying we're out. It, I think people are hoping and it may be expecting, but certainly hoping for more. Yeah, I do think uh, just on the city fans on Twitter thing as well. Uh, I do. I want to. I want to send a, a little bit of a message of congratulations to those fans as well because um, yeah, yeah. like there was there was no way like every single tweet from the at Man City account from that decision being made public to to you know Tuesday afternoon, it was filled with replies going, "Guys, get out of this! What's going on? Speak about yeah. it!" And it, I'm like. I know. I know. Ultimately, it's just an admin at City who who sees all those replies and goes, "Look, what's going on here?" But there is no way. I mean, this is the it's the same as as the Liverpool fans, um, uh, you know, uh, shouting at the Liverpool players as they were going into to Ellen Road, and uh, Klopp afterwards saying, "Well, you know, it's not our fault. Don't don't speak to us." And it's like we have no other way to engage with you right now. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, the message yeah, yeah. has to be put across somewhere, and it's unfortunate that it goes to an admin, or it's unfortunate that it goes to the players. But there is no—I mean, if we write a letter to the to the chairman, it's not going to go anywhere, is it? You know what I mean? So the, yeah. the the fan feeling has to be directed somewhere, and there's so few avenues of of of, of which we can we can direct it. 
there yeah, is, and the there is... with Klopp and stuff. Like, if you're annoyed with that, then take then take it out on your owners. Yeah, exactly. That's the situation. That's that's the entire that's the entire point, and the only way that we can do it. Uh, you mentioned Guardiola, Sam. Should we have a listen to uh, what he had to say in that press conference? Because um, yeah. I, I, it was some of it was quite fiery. So uh, this was uh, first when he was being asked about there being no promotion or relegation to the Super League. These teams have been selected. I don't know the reason why. And a sport is not a sport when the relation between the effort and the success, the effort and reward, doesn't exist. Don't exist. So it's not a sport. So it's not a sport of the success is already guaranteed. It's not a sport and it doesn't matter if you lose. That's why I said many times, I want the best competition as strong as possible. So especially the Premier League. And it's not fair when one team uh, fight, 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 arrive at the top and after cannot be qualified because the success is, is already guaranteed or just for few clubs. In this statement is what I feel. I don't know it's going to change and the people say, no, no, maybe four or five teams can go up and can play these competitions. But what happened in the last 14, 15 play, not good, good season, good season, and every time will be there. So this is not a sport, it's another issue. And then after that, he was uh, he, he was basically continuing to ask the people who had made the decision to speak out and not leave him and uh, other managers to face the music. This is what he said. And we're going to play the Champions League next week. We're going to try to reach the final. And next season, we're going to play the European competitions because we deserve it. We want it on the pitch. The people, the right people have to clarify. They have the, the obligation, have the duty as soon as possible. Today better than tomorrow, tomorrow better than the day after tomorrow come out all around the world because it's a worldwide issue and clarify what is the situation is going to come and the benefits and why they took the decision these teams are going to play and the other ones not. Why Ajax Amsterdam, they have four or five Champions League has not be there. They have to clarify that. They have to tell me. They have to tell us, all of us, to do it. Saying that, every club defend his position. Don't be cynical and say, okay, it's for the other one. Everyone make his own interest. When you talk about the Premier League, what do you have to do? Premier League look his interest. UEFA looks interest. Arriving that point, UEFA also have failed. Arriving that point, also, also the UEFA have failed. They have to communicate and be in touch before. So they have to clarify, because I don't have all the information to give my opinion, but just for this step, why these ones can be there and the other ones. But the other ones could be there, the people would be happy. When we define this season in the most difficult season of the world for the COVID pandemic, we found to make five substitutions. And every team look for himself, not look for the players, for himself. Don't say now this for this big, big six. It's completely unfair for the, all the people working in this club. This club in the toughest period, in the toughest period in the world, never, never fire one, one person hit and defend. Everybody suffering, is struggling in this, in this situation. And, and all the clubs is suffering about, about the budgets and everything. But they have to clarify. So they have to make a statement real clear where I decide to do this step. And after that, the people are going to decide what they have to do. At the end, of course, we have to go all together as much as possible. Go in the same hand as much as possible. 
But in the same times, don't be cynical because everyone looks for himself. UEFA thinks for himself. I don't know about you, Sam. Um, when I was listening to him say that on on the call, it was it was the first Zoom press conference of Guardiola's that I've been to since the pandemic started. Um, and I was sitting there thinking um, that, that like this, it's almost like he is uh, both sending a message to, uh, well, first off, ripping the idea to shreds. It's not sport. Um, and then second off, sending a message to the people above him at the club that he wasn't happy that they'd made this decision without him being told more than a couple of hours before it happened. Yeah, I mean, he was. I think he was careful not to, as all the managers have been, but obviously Guardiola said more. I thought, well, I think that's a fact, isn't it? Guardiola yeah. said more against the idea, um, but obviously all the all the managers have kind of treaded carefully because um, I think I think some of the more radical among us probably wanted all the managers to say, "Go on, stick it to him." But I mean, probably unrealistically so. Um, so yeah, he might he might have he might have squeaked out a little bit of his feeling there in terms of the board. Um, I suppose another point of it is he, he did say he trusted the club, which before it was clear they were pulling out, um, did suggest that you know if they went along with it, then he'd be like, oh, well, okay, you guys know what you're doing. Obviously, that doesn't really matter now, but it, that does go to show that obviously he he, is, he gets on very well with Soriano. Like him and Cheeky yeah. are our best mates. Him and Soriano are like mates. You know, they're not quite as close, but you won't find a Premier League a manager who's as close with his CEO as as Pep and Soriano. So I think that's that was probably part of it. But yeah, I mean, as far as I know, from yesterday morning, I think, again, before we found out that City were coming out, um, that he felt blindsided by it because when the you know, Project Big Picture was mooted at the end of last year, it was around October. Yeah. When that was, you know, the ones that were drawn up by Liverpool and, and United. You know, I think, and obviously that that lasted, it didn't last very long. It probably lasted longer than the Super League, actually, but it didn't last very long. Um, but I think Guardiola was pleased then. It, he was basically, you know, to paraphrase the conversation with Soriano would have been something like, were well, we anything to do with this? No. Good. All right then. Yeah, Next. good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but then this time, obviously, exactly like the fans, because Guardiola said he only found out a few hours before the statement came out, which is what, the, when the fans found out as well, everyone knew City were in it before the statement actually came out. Um, so he was in the same situation then. So yeah, he felt blindsided by it as far as what I know, the City were ready to do this. Um, but yeah, he didn't. He didn't go on a rampage about that publicly. Um, I think privately he was disappointed. Obviously the players were, which we'll, which we'll come on to as well. Um, but then the interesting thing was, you know, some of those quotes, and, and not just the, it wasn't the this isn't sport quote that was used, but it was the come out and tell us what's going on, which was used by the City official Twitter account. Like having not communicated any of this yeah. on Twitter before, not engaged with any of it, they then, the first thing they did was come out and tell us what's going on. Like... Which was incredible, really. But then, so there was a kind of element too of obviously the social media guys, well, not just social media guys, but people who work at all levels of the club, including the players and the manager. But you know the old cliches of kit man and tea lady or whatever. Nobody had any idea. So the social media guys would have been the same, and they would have been against it, as I believe the vast. Well, I mean, I, can't, I have not spoken to every single one of them, but obviously the idea went down badly inside the club as well. Um, but it was interesting that that was allowed to stay up, especially because a lot of the players retweeted it, which showed their feelings. But then obviously they were told to take them down. Yeah. And what, again, what I was told yesterday morning, Tuesday morning, um, was the players were told not to discuss it. Like, I think even even privately, like, 
don't even talk to people on the outside about this. You know, we don't want like, don't discuss it, don't make statements about it, kind of thing. So those retweets, it was obviously, well, this is this is maybe as like, far as we can go with it. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But obviously, I was going to say I, I didn't want to say it to the players because, as we know from the Foden Mbappe tweet last week, you know, none of them are doing their own tweets, or like there are very few anyway. Um, but obviously, there would be some kind of oh yeah, Raheem. Can we retweet this and yeah, crack on or what? It was something that whatever that situation would have been, yeah. but then they had to take them down. Um, but yeah, then it kind of as the afternoon went on, then it slowly ticked towards um, the city coming out. Now I've I've done an article on it, um, and there's a lot of about the player reaction in there, which we'll go into in a minute. But some stuff that has been floating around um, that isn't in the article. Um, apparently, Everton were making calls, and like people were trying to chip away. This is just rumours, as far as I can tell. But it's always—I think—it's always interesting to discuss this stuff in the context of a podcast, where everyone just understands it's—it's a, it's a chat and it's a kind of. Well, this isn't an interesting thing. The same yeah. way, I'd, you know, if I was speak—if I was speaking to you in the pub, this is the same kind of stuff I'd say. So I, there's rumours that like Everton were like chipping away, trying to be like, right, if we can persuade one of them, then we can persuade more, kind of thing. Uh, again, there's rumours. I don't know how true it is that like Ancelotti had called Pep. Um, I'm not sure. You know, that would have been preaching to the choir, even if true. Um, but then, yeah, the, what 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 we do know, and you know, I was told this by somebody close to one of the players, and I checked it out with somebody else close to somebody else close to the players. Um, so there was a meeting on Zoom with Soriano and, and Caldoun, but with the players after the press conference, um, and the the players apparently the players were just hundred percent against it. Like there was maybe some of them were kind of like, "What does this mean? You know, what, what's going on here?" There was no one like, oh yeah, let's crack on. And like the vast majority, well, hundred percent, the the feeling was, it this isn't great. Um, so there was this, there was this meeting. They were annoyed by the silence as well. Again, again, Guardiola and the players were in the same situation as us, just as you know, Liverpool and United were. Um, so they said, look, annoyed about the silence, um, annoyed because you know they they like the Champions League. You know, De Bruyne put out a statement when it all came crumbling down, which didn't actually read like. Um, he was against the Super League because there was it was right at the start when there was the first like rumours that City had pulled out and then De Bruyne did that statement saying this boy just likes to play in the best competitions and I was like are you just saying you're playing the Super League like I was I was confused by that but obviously like behind the scenes what what he actually felt was you know he loves the Champions League we talked last week about him signing a new contract I was going to say that uh, like that entire... you want to win the Champions League will you help me that entire thing, you can't just you, you can't just say, yeah, we've we've helped you win a European competition by setting a new one up. Like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and also, like, it's it's not just look. The Champions League has got its problems anyway. Like the reforms are awful, which we might go into, but it's just for another day. The reforms are crap. Like, and they've got two legacy places anyway. So if Liverpool miss out on the Champions League this season from the top four, they'll probably get in. Like this, the reforms are bad. Um, and hopefully they can be overturned. But I don't know, it seems unlikely. Um, but the Champions League, as it is, isn't perfect either. But it's still prestigious. And I love, I'm going to be honest, I love the, the knockout stages. The knockout stages are great. Yeah, It's the best football you'll get. Um, and De Bruyne loves it. You know, De Bruyne said it in that statement, you know, he grew up watching it and you know, it's so huge for him. So, so De Bruyne was one of the ones that spoke out. Um, Walker and Sterling um, voiced concerns as well. Um, Fernandinho apparently no surprise was um, the most vocal um, I think one of the main things among the players was that they didn't they didn't want to be stopped for playing from their countries they were like no no like if this is the case then forget it 
And I think Soriano said, don't, that is not the case. Don't worry. But then, because at first, when I was piecing everything together, I'd heard about this meeting, but I didn't hear about how it had gone or what was in it. Um, it was only once I managed to, you know, get towards one of the one of the players who'd said what was in it rather than had just confirmed that there was one. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, well, maybe maybe Soriano told the players then that they were coming out, but that wasn't the case. As far as I know, the players then went about, you know, they just went home and went and got on with their lives. And then they found out later on again, like like Sunday night, they found out that they were out again with a statement later on. So, as, yeah, as far as I know, and, you know, there's been no communication from City anyway, so um, it's, the, it's been it, difficult to find out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, yeah they, didn't, they didn't tell the players that. Um, I've been told by a very good source that one of the players was, you know, out, out with his family and... And he was told by his agent, who who himself was told by somebody else who said, "Have you seen this?" He was like, "What?" So yeah, there was no, there was no communication from City in terms of right. Don't worry, lads, we're pulling out. It was a right, okay, we'll we'll take that on board and let's see. So even as it stands, you know, there's a lot of information there, and there's a lot of information in the article. Um, but I'll, we'll get more in the next few days, I think, in terms of exactly how big a role the fans played, exactly how big a role the players played, and exactly how big a role, you know. Everton might have played, or politics might have played, or yeah. or whatever. Well, just um, just on the fans, just on the fans, Sam. Uh, I just want to read you this from Adam Crafton that he's just tweeted. Uh, chatted to a few players in France and Spain overnight. There's obviously a lot to the downfall, but players abroad really in awe of the English supporters after the Chelsea fan protest and fan talks with the Prime Minister. Those scenes transcended. One says, "I'm just so proud and grateful to the English fans." Yeah, um, yeah, I think. Uh, there's there's a bit of uh, discrepancy, obviously, and you know, I think yesterday some of the the club, the European clubs involved, were like the bloody English fans kicking off again. But like, it's a strange one because, like, I can't speak more highly of the fans' reaction um, to this, and they just they must have played a big role. Like, although City and other clubs felt initially that they could just ride it out. They can't have been ignored, and like like I say, those fans, the 1894 statement again, fantastic, um, and the fans turning up to the stadium with banners, it's just a huge display. Um, but what I don't want now is just for that to dissipate. Yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. it's 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 difficult to keep it going because before, at least, there was this one unified evil of the Super League to go against. Um. Like I hope now it doesn't feel like that's it, because I mean, for a start, if you if you want to if we if we're railing against how European football is being run, then let's get rid of these UEFA proposals for the Champions League, which have already been agreed. But, I mean, I know that'll be difficult. But then, obviously, you know, you've got other issues like prices of tickets, kickoff times, um, uh, obviously racism in the game, yeah. stuff like this. You know, it can really carry on. And again, I I don't want to be saying. You know the fans should be responsible for everything because the reason we got into this mess is because the fans had to take it into their own hands because the clubs, especially the big ones, were a shambles. So it shouldn't fall on the fans. But from from now, although the burden really shouldn't be on them, there is undeniably this huge power that the fans hold, and if harnessed in the right way, and I appreciate that will be difficult. I just think naturally it will be difficult to unify against something with the same anger that we've seen over the past forty-eight hours. If anything like that was possible, then football really could change. And I mean, look, this is me kind of being semi-flippant, but VAR, because everyone hates VAR, 
but it's like you're just seen as a crank if you complain about it. But if people are actually mobilized against it, we could get rid of it or I don't know, reform it in some way. And I know people listen to this are obviously <laughs> they'd be more in favor of VAR than they were the Super League. Let's put it that way. But yeah. I mean, issues like that and the more important ones that I, that I already mentioned, there is an opportunity to change. But I, I kind of, I kind of feel that now the Super League's gone, it feels a bit like the battle's won. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with City. There's people, you know, I, I'm seeing on my timeline. There's there's City fans wanting, you know, big decision makers like Soriano to to go. Um, the, the chairman to go. I was going to ask Sam about yeah. kind of what happens next because, like I said before, you know, a 25-word statement without the word sorry or without any sort of apology, and uh, like we can't just expect things to go back to as they were and everything. Everyone forgets about it and everything's okay. So, like, how how do the club show any sort of contrition now? Well, I mean, the, John Henry's put his video up and. People have reacted to that in different ways. Part of me, but the thing is, so he he apologised, um, you know, for the offence caused, effectively, um, but not for the plans and you know for driving them and and for doing it in the first place. But I, I suppose you wouldn't because he obviously felt it was the right thing to do. So, as much as we'd want him to say, okay, yeah, we were wrong, like, he obviously feels that that's something that's going to need to be done. And the other part of it is fair play for coming out and actually saying something. And I kind of, I kind of. A bit of both, but I do think fair play for actually sitting down and apologising and, and fronting and, up know, to it, yeah, and putting it out so early. I mean, presumably he's in he's in America, and they did this last night. But yes, yeah, so I, I I do think fair enough. Like, what can you do? What it's like, you know, if if you have a row with your partner or something, and you are in the wrong, like you have to like you have to say sorry, like you have to. Um, and it, that's kind of situation now like Arsenal's statement again was very similar to this John Henry apology in the fact that at least Arsenal apologised they said we made a mistake and we're sorry but they also made it sound like they'd been strong armed into it but they were one of the ones who came up with it um, so that's you know that's nonsense as well um, and there's been a lot of that So, and I just think all it needs is a, a proper I'm sorry one of the suggestions I saw last night was you know how how um, Soriano came out after the FFP stuff and sat down and reassured fans and said, right, don't worry about this. This is not true. We're going to sort it out. You can trust us. Like, I think people want something like that. Obviously, some yeah. people want Soriano to go. Um, like I said, I've just got a message from somebody who's saying, you know, I don't get why people want Soriano to go. But the, honestly, the first thing I saw in my timeline this morning, and I screenshotted it because I thought it was quite funny. Uh, you know, when you wake up and you go through tweets from the last few hours and it just collates the like the, the most best relevant ones, ones. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I saw was um, very much uh, apart from that Mrs Lincoln how did you enjoy the play vibe to anyone still defending the people owning slash running the club at this point which is obviously making the point that you know you can't just say oh City have been well run for so long so just forget this you know because this is such a disaster yeah. therefore you know, they should walk or they should apologise the tweet immediately below it Amazing how quickly fans can let one bad judgment call. Yes, it was pretty bad. Overshadow 10 years of unmanageable success and glorious <laughs> memories. It's the first time since a takeover they've made an error even close to this level. Don't be so hasty with your hatred. Like, does that not sum it up so perfectly? Like, yeah. the fans were or like the fans were united more or less, more or less in in their opposition to this, and the the, the club were bad. But in in turning things around and pulling out, you know, there are people now saying. Look, it's fine. It's all forgiven. And I was speaking to people close to the players, and they were like, "We don't, like, we don't get the feeling that 
anyone's going to go or should go. It feels like more the ringleaders, like Liverpool and United and Arsenal and stuff. Maybe it's more them and, you know, City, they're well run and they wouldn't really benefit from anybody going. But obviously there are fans, certainly, who, who do want um, at least an apology and if not, um, people to people to walk. So it's I not could, I, let me, the let last me give you... we've heard of this. Let me give you where I am at with it all, Sam, because uh, I, I do think it's it's interesting the, the different ranges of this. I could, you know, I sure. I, I wouldn't be opposed to uh, Soriano resigning at this point or um, yeah. or anything like that because I, I do think there's, you know, no matter like take politics for instance, if you make a mistake in one of the top jobs, it is it is the done thing that you resign. And I know that's changed in the last few years, and there's, there's <laughs> yeah, know, there, there, there's there's <laughs> yeah. a point where I, I still like to believe that we we live in times where where that is a thing um but if if you like in this instance i i can accept that again that city felt strong-armed into it that there was the the position that they they were worried they were going to miss out on this massive thing if they didn't make the decision to join that they were invited late all that stuff fine it's still a bad decision and still something that that somebody i feel should fall on their sword for it and mm. uh, I mean, at this point, I, I I would find it a lot easier for nobody to go if there was a good and detailed apology very quickly out soon that says yeah. basically, look, okay, we thought this was the right thing to do. We made a mistake. We, we, it, it clearly isn't the right thing to do. We're go- and, and actually own the decision making process. Not say, "I'm sorry that that there was all this anger at what we what we wanted to do." And and you know that sorry, I'm sorry if you were offended, sort of thing. I, that yeah. doesn't wash. I want I want somebody to say we were wrong, and that and that could. I mean, those three words could do a lot more than than you know. Sorry, we upset you. Do, do you know how I? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And you know what? As you were talking there, I was thinking, and this might be naive, um, and maybe they just won't say anything. And that, w- I mean, I don't know what... If, if City didn't say anything now, and that was it, I wonder how that would play. But I suppose we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Because also, like, next time we do a podcast, it'll be Monday, and there'll have been two games by then. Um, and, you know, we, we might have a better idea if there's any lingering... You know, if City beat Villa and Spurs, there might not be too many lingering feelings, certainly near the surface. Yeah. Um, regarding City if they don't comment. So we're trying to cross that bridge when it comes to it. But as you were talking there, I was feeling that sounds like the kind of thing that Caldoun would be very good at. That sounds like the kind of thing that I can imagine very easily Caldoun Almorarak sitting down and, and doing and saying. Yeah. Um, you know, just in the same way that he's done end of season interviews. Um, and, you know, fans just love it. You know, fans love him generally, don't they? I think that's part of it. I think that's part of why a lot of fans don't want people to walk because. They're not unpopular already. You know, at United, it's easy because people don't like Ed Woodward because he doesn't sign players and they don't like the Glazers because they're taking money out of the club, which is obvious. Like, the tide started to turn against FSG a little. Um, Arsenal, you know, their decision-makers haven't been especially popular. They're not the most years, popular, yeah. the ones now. <laughs> but, um, with cities, if you were doing approval ratings before this, you know, Cheeky, well, it's, it's different with Cheeky because it depends on the players they sign or don't sign. But... Generally, very good with Cheeky. I think Soriano, because obviously all the FFP stuff's gone and, you know, the cast found in City's favour, I think among fans, Soriano's approval rating would be very high. I think Caldoun's would probably be highest out of all of them. Um, if we're not including Guardiola, because probably Guardiola's at the very top. But I, I don't think... And Omar Barada, you know, slightly lesser known, but a very good 
God, I, was just, I just had a horrible thought then. And I mean, look, I, I don't know Barada's role in this, but I just thought, as the slightly lesser known one, I wonder if they'd make him walk. Um, but I, I mean, that's just, and that is an idle thought, I've no idea. But I mean, he he's very important to the operation as well. And the point I'm trying to make is, City have got a very good tight unit. And I think a lot of fans don't want them to go because exactly like that second tweet I read out, you know, they've, They've been so good for the club over the it's last 10 the years. They've pretty well. Obviously. Yeah. But also, like, just this is just me kind of explaining both sides. I can also see why some fans do want them out because it's been such a, you know, betrayal is the word I used in an article the other day. And it was, you know, it was a betrayal to jump in with those clubs. Um, so it, it is going to be very interesting to see what happens next. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if Alma Barak did this. And look, you know, the people working for City, they've, you know, they've had a history of, you know, crisis management for you know things even outside football um and also you've got that loyalty in football that you can play to and if Al Barak puts on one of his best suits and you know talks with it in his most kind of appealing voice I'm, I'm sure that would that would go a long way that would go a long way and I think even the people who want heads to roll you know large heads um profound heads I think they, <laughs> they would even be that's an, that's an in joke there, but you'll have to deal with it if you don't get it, and you won't. Um, they, I think they would be happier if Al Mubarak came out and did a, pro- a proper apology. Uh, but I mean, what would that look like? You know, you said not just a kind of "oh, we're sorry you were offended." Well, what would it actually look like? I don't know. I mean, what like, would they have to say. I, I think again, ultimately, I think for me, I, I want to hear that they acknowledge that the European Super League is, is the wrong move to the, the wrong way to go. Um, yeah. And I'm just and like even I'm, I'm perfectly happy for them to give the mitigation that they that they again didn't want to miss out. I'm perfectly happy to hear that sort of stuff, but just at least an acknowledgement that they that they can see now from first off from the reaction of of not just the fans but every pretty much everybody in football that nobody wants this or certainly nobody. Uh, certainly nobody in this country wants this. I can see why international fans might be more. You know, appease to the idea. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, that's, and then, that's something we can come to. In a and then an acknowledgement that it was the wrong decision. And you know, whether or not it was a decision made, you know, too quickly or you know, without doing the the correct due, uh, due diligence, uh, fine. But acknowledge that they were that they made the wrong decision, and it was, and, and and own the decision that they made. Don't don't try and brush it off as a mistake. Don't say you know we made a mistake. Tell me that you made the wrong decision. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, I suppose so. It's interesting because, like, I think in terms of you, you mentioning fans overseas, maybe a bit more open to it. Like that, that is the case, I think, because I mentioned earlier on how I'd been speaking to somebody who was kind of involved in the process. You know, they were kind of canvassing opinion world, worldwide. You know, when Florentino Perez did his interview on Monday night, saying, you know, fans, fans across the world will watch this. You know, that was based on something they did know, but um, I think they underestimated how much it would kick off in England. Because they probably thought, well, globally, even if we lose a few fans in England, doesn't matter. It'll be worth a while. Um, I think they probably underestimated how badly it would go down in England. But also, I think they underestimated, as much as it kind of pains me to say this, and I'm not painting him as a good guy in any way, shape or form. I'm saying it as a fact. I think they underestimated Boris Johnson getting involved because he's such a populist and he's such an opportunist. I think the opportunity to be seen as the saviour of the world game and the saviour of the English clubs led him and his his ministers to really put the hammer down and say we're not going to let this happen um, to 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 you know repair or just divert eyes away from everything else they've been doing. Yeah. Um, and I think the clubs 
underestimated that and thought, God, this is going to be a real battle. And, you know, maybe politically there, if we're talking about governments getting involved, um, some I mean, it, clubs didn't, it, it, it didn't was already messy. Fight. Yeah, it was already messy, but that gets a hell of a lot messier. Yeah, and interesting now, I've just seen a message from my Chelsea colleague in one of our groups at work saying the um, another statement from the Chelsea Supporters Trust, and they say they've got uh, no confidence in Bruce Buck and, and, and Guy Lawrence, um, who was, who's the chief executive. Um, so what we're seeing now, as we're, as we're talking, is, is other clubs kind of mobilising against their decision makers. Yeah. So, um, I mean, from City's decision makers' point of view, you know, they better hope they have built up a lot of good trusts because I think we've seen already there's a bit of a split. It looks like at Chelsea, there's more of an in favour of you've messed up here, lads, you've got to go. I think at, Ch- uh, at City, I think there's a lot of goodwill in the bank, which might save them. But um be very interesting to see where where it goes from here because obviously we talked about the 1894 group already having a very good stance and a very good statement and also the official supporters club i think they were straight out was it sunday night yeah sunday Sunday night they were i mean uh kevin parker uh gave an interview to the the manchester evening news where he said he heard the 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 rumors on the sunday they drafted that statement and were just waiting to see what the uh what what happened with it and as soon yeah as soon as the confirmation came in they went live with it so their their position has been very clear as well from the start the the one thing i would say is you look at, at those kind of city fan organizations they were even if even if they hadn't spoken to each other I don't know if they had, um, but they were all again united in their opposition to this, and it's and it's a credit to them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like I say, it would, it would just be, and I'm not trying to guide them in any particular direction. I'm just simply saying it would be very interesting now to see what happens throughout Wednesday and and the rest of the week. Um, if if there's if there's any kind of heat on on Soriano, etc., or or if City decide to do anything, I mean, I do hope, I do hope they, I do hope they at least at least put out a yeah a video. Now I've decided. Now I've decided in my head what I want from the club, <laughs> even though it's not my club. I, I think it would only be right for Alma Barak to say something. I hope, because look, let's be honest, and it, this annoyed the, the players as much as it annoyed the fans. They did hide behind just the statement on, on Sunday night for 48 hours. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, do, they didn't put anything out. They, did, they didn't face the music or anything. Um, so it will be interesting to see now if they do, yeah. beyond the statement last night. Um, explanations for why they went with it explanations for why they came out but obviously there's a game against Villa tonight and it might be easy to hide behind that but also if City do win and all things are rosy again and you know De Bruyne's injury not that bad and you know might play Sunday but I mean why would you I just and I think you know we talked about how much he loves the Champions League you know, he's, he's not going to be rushing to get back is he for, for the Spurs game if he's not quite ready he'll be keeping for they'll all be keeping him back for the, the, PSG, the PSG game but obviously if, if City win if City win Wednesday um, then you know that'll help move it on a bit and focus minds on on football a little bit more. So yes, very interesting next twenty four hours or so. Just before we finish, Sam, um, I just want to get any thoughts that you might have on. Um, I, I mean, you might not know anything, so you know I, if I'm springing this on you, then I do apologise. Usually but, the case. Um, yeah, um, uh, it, there is there is always going to be a feeling now as well that these six clubs have come back with a tail between the legs. Um, what happens to them next? Are they, are they going to face sanctions? Do you think? Oh. Um, my, basically, my boss basically has really what, got a good read it, on these it, things. Is there a potential that City get a points deduction this season, and and that changes the title race? Yeah, well, well, it's not going to change the title race because all the other clubs will get points deductions as well. So it'll be between Leicester uh, and West Ham. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, look, if City got like 15, 20 points knocked off, then yeah, it would be. Um, 
because it would be the same for everyone else. But I mean, God, for whatever reason, I was just thinking it would be like five or eight or something. Um, so I didn't even consider that being an issue, really. My boss has generally got a good handle on these things. He said as soon as Guardiola made that comment yesterday about it being not a sport, he was like, right, well, this is going to fall apart today. Whereas I was like, it's going to fall apart at some point. Like, Sunday, you said, should we do an emergency podcast about this? And I was like, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. And I mean, I was right, but it took, <laughs> but it kind of it threatened to go somewhere a lot further and a lot quicker than I thought. But yeah, yeah it, did, it did fall <laughs> apart. Um, um, but yeah, I thought it would take longer to fall apart and it would be lawsuits and all this kind of stuff. Um, but and I was speaking to my boss this morning, and he was kind of like, you know, they're not going to get point deductions. Like, no way. But I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they might. They, they might. The other clubs might leave you for it. There, there has to be some kind of punishment, you would think. Like, and also, like, the other clubs, so keen to show their contempt. Like, even from the little stuff, like, you know, Wolves saying they won the league in 2018 19 and Southampton in like 2014 15 or whatever, which, I mean, look, lads, we're all opposed to the idea, but no, it works. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, but as much as like, yeah, the, and like, obviously, Steve Parrish has been very vocal as he often is, you know, these, these clubs are obviously going to want some kind of punishment, some kind of feeling of you can't let them get away with this, but what's it going to look like? And, you know, how football works, it's normally just just stupid regulation isn't it and look it would it would help if they firmed up the the fit and proper people test you know for the owners um and there has been talk about that because there's they were saying that's usually related to finances and stuff but i think one one source that the the premier league was saying it should never relate to actions you know if they've been involved in any of this kind of breakaway talks again it's showing up hypocrisy of football a little bit there because it's like what you, you don't want capitalists in football. Like, what, what do you mean? Um, but yeah, so it, it might it might just be a regulation thing. Um, I don't know. There was some talk yesterday from, you know, I think the other 14 Premier League clubs put out a statement um, on, on, on Tuesday before the madness really kicked off, although it was still bubbling away, saying, you know, they, they didn't necessarily want the clubs out of the Premier League, again, because it's not good for the rest. If those, if those clubs are out, they were never going to get kicked out of the Premier League because what would the TV deal be worth? Yeah. Nothing. Um, so again, it's a bit hypocritical because they know they need them. But there, there was talk of throwing the people involved in the clubs out, and I don't know how that's manageable. Um, and how how would it how would it work? I, I I just don't know how that's manageable at all. Um, so I don't think that. So yeah, seductions seems to make sense. Um, and I think there's grounds for that because is there a Premier League rule about acting in the the spirit of the game or the spirit of sport? Which again, hypocritical if you talk about ticket prices and treatment of fans and yeah and furlough everything like that um so again this is the and this is the point guardiola was making isn't it you know guardiola he wasn't sticking up for city because he well he wasn't just sticking up for city because obviously he said look we didn't put anyone on furlough we didn't sack anyone during the pandemic we've done some good stuff but he was also saying look the other premier league clubs have voted against five subs that was their, in their own interest. UEFA have done this. That was in their own interest. And he's right. Look, there is massive hip- hypocrisy here because all the clubs are at it effectively, but it's the biggest ones who are at it the most. And yeah, the other ones in their in their kind of greed and hypocrisy as well. They're, they're going to want. They are going to want some punishments. But um, I, t- I don't know. I don't know. Again, I just think financial really punishments don't, like, don't do anything, do they? No. Like, and we're like, where's that going to go? Unless, unless they said right. I mean, look, would they be able to redraw up the contract? I doubt it. But unless they said, right, 
the TV revenue this this season, like the, the team who finishes bottom is going to get more or whatever. Obviously, it wouldn't be that because then you'd have teams racing to to lose games. Um, <laughs> but unless they said you're not getting any revenue this year, it's all coming to us. Like it, it wouldn't really work. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, deductions make sense to me. Some kind of redistribution of money makes sense but with the pandemic probably not i mean it's probably going to be nothing it would probably be some legislation change or i don't know ultimately they've got they've still got a load of power yeah um but they haven't got the vote you know if something did come to a vote and the 14 clubs wanted to pass something then they could so yeah certainly again it is a difficult question you're right but something certainly something to keep an eye on yeah definitely something that uh we'll we'll keep rumbling on for uh the foreseeable future there's yeah, there, there, there's been shockwaves yeah there's been shockwaves sent out at the moment and i think we're gonna, still going to see the aftershocks um but that brings us to an end for uh this uh, surprise why always us i'm david mooney thanks as ever to sam lee yeah thanks very much been a fun week uh, it's been a fun week indeed uh if you want to sign up to the athletic right now for three pounds 99 a month for six months then just use the code man city pod the athletic <laughs>